Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. KFI AM640, you have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show, and I am taking your calls. The number is 1-800-520-1534. Producer Kayla, do we have anyone on the line? We do. We have a few. We have John with a question. Okay. Hi, John. It's Dr. Wendy. John, are you with us? I can sort of... Oh, I hear some clicks. I can hear you now, John. Hi, what's your question? Uh, Yes. um, Problem having is that I'm sabotaging every time I go out. um, I've been separated from my ex-wife for about a year. Mm-hmm. I was married for 29 years, um, and uh, it's hard to start over because every time I go out with somebody, I, there's trigger things that they do that give me a relapse of my ex-wife. Yeah. And I kind of sabotage them, uh, trying to move forward with that person. Okay, so first of all, I want to remind you that even the most monogamous of humans may have two or three long stints of monogamy in their life. You're very normal. Um, and... It's only been one year, so it's going to take time. And these triggers are there and are going to be there. My suggestion is to actually get an ally, a therapist who you can go to to talk through some of these things. Because I think that you're calling them triggers, but I'm wondering if you're finding things wrong with them because you're afraid, because you're, you know, you had pain in the past and you don't want that pain again. But in order to have a new love relationship, you have to really be open and you have to be accepting and you have to be understanding. And so learning to do that is really an inside job, learning how to heal yourself. So I know this is hard and I know you can do it and it has been only one year, uh, but, but it's going to be trial and error and lots of practice. And so my advice is get on those apps and get a therapist to work through some of this stuff with you, John. Thanks so much for calling. I know it's so hard when you haven't been in the dating game for a long time, too. Uh, okay, Producer Kayla, who else do we have? We have William with a question. All the gentlemen tonight. Hi, William. It's Dr. Wendy. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> What's your question? Um, okay, so my question is, okay, so me and my wife have been married for seven years. We got married when I, when, we were, when we were 22. I was 22. Okay. Um, now I'm 30. And... Uh, my, uh, we've been kind of fighting, you know, fighting a lot, not physical or anything like that, just kind arguing. of emotional. Yeah. Yeah, arguing. And um, what's it called? Uh, my dad mentioned to me, how come 
you don't give you guys yourself a break between you two, like around three months, try it out and see what you want to do with your life. Cause I feel like I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a position right now where I want to find myself and I want to see who I am, you know? And I feel like just kind of my wife, um, you know, it's like, it doesn't, she's really good, but, but, um, I feel like I just kind of want like to get away from that for a little bit. And, and then what's it called? Uh, and see, and see what happens later on down the line. Okay. So let me ask you this. Are there children involved? Mm-hmm. You have kids? No, 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 ch- kids, no, kids, no kids. No kids. Okay. So just want you to know, you got married at the age of 22. Sadly, the statistics do not support you. The highest divorce rate are marriages that start under the age of 23. And um, you kind of like who you were at 22 and who you are at 30 is a completely different person. I suspect that all this arguing and fighting is designed to create conflict so that you have a quote unquote reason to leave. Right. Instead of saying, Mm -hmm. I just want to find myself. I am assuming that she is still wants to stay in the marriage and everything's okay with her. Um, she she wants to stay in the marriage, but she does kind of like the like the idea of what's it called of uh, of giving um, each other a little more space, like like you know giving each other time because she's also going to school and, and working as well. And, so when um, you say you know, describe to... this more space and time, do you mean living in separate places? Do you mean dating other people? No, 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 living in separate places because. Living together is not working out. Uh, well, it hasn't been working out. Um, uh, what's it called uh, for a while now? And but not and, dating uh, other people, like staying married, no, but just no, living no. in different houses. No. no, yeah, yeah, of course. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, I just kind of want to be work on myself first right now. <laughs> you know, um, this is a stepping stone to divorce. I'll be honest with you. This is you guys yeah. fooling yourself into thinking you're not getting divorced. As soon as you live in two separate houses. It's only going to be a matter of time before your guys go, let's go out. Oh, look at that girl. She's interested in you. That's how it goes. These are stepping stones. I think you've got to go to some couples therapy and really either do some conscious uncoupling, like literally making these decisions so that you're both not pretending it's being something else, or figuring out how you can grow as an individual within this relationship. Because plenty of people do become more independent, autonomous. Uh, They figure out who they are and what they want. And the relationship supports the individual growth. But this Mm -hmm. imaginary idea that if we put physical space between each other, that will help us grow. You know, there are people who come from dysfunctional families who move 3,000 miles away from their family of origin and are still in in emotional binds, right? So emotionally, you're not going to become disentwined. Uh, just by living in separate places. Um, so anyway, William, thank you for calling. I, I really think you guys should start with couples therapy and, and make sure that when you move out, you're doing it the right way and for the right, right reason. Thank you for calling. I think we just lost him. Kayla, who do we have? Do we have time for another? I'm still screening. Let's check social media. Okay, let's go to social media while she's chatting. And they always fly in on my Instagram. Uh, okay, this question, I get a lot, a version of this question. What does it mean... When a guy you've been dating for eight months does not tag you in his Instagram stories and tells you not to tag him and not share his stories when he's public with everything else and he tags everyone else. Okay, this means you are his booty call. You are his side chick. You are in a compartment in his life. This is not your boyfriend. You have every right to demand he do this. But if he doesn't, then you know where you stand. And if you stay, you know what it is. This is not a stepping stone 
to being in a full-time relationship with him, you are a little snacky treat, a snacky treat on the side for him. And you may have hope that you will graduate to girlfriend, but you don't just get promoted to girlfriend. You go there and demand it. You know what? People who get commitment learn how to negotiate commitment. All right. Um, Let's see. Uh, I am in a relationship and my man only has sex when he wants to. When I want sex, he rejects me. I love him, but I want to feel wanted. Okay, so you guys need to have much better sexual communication. You need to have this conversation with him. And again, the way you have this conversation is not through you don't and why do you never and you reject me, you, you, you. No, 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 that's not the conversation. The conversation should be Dr. Wendy's communication sandwich, which begins with a layer of love, followed by something a little hard to chew on, backed up with another layer of love. So it might go something like this. You know, honey, I'm so attracted to you. All this time we've been together and I still get really attracted to you. But I'm noticing whenever I initiate, it feels like you retreat and I'm wondering why. Could you help me understand that? Here comes the backup layer because I really love you and I want to get closer. That is how you have these conversations about that things are difficult. You don't nag. You do a communication sandwich. Um, uh, What are the, oh, real quickly, somebody says, what are the most important qualities in a healthy relationship? There are lots of ways to have a healthy relationship. But in my mind, it's only healthy if both people have a voice. If you are holding your feelings inside, your words inside, if you're walking around on eggshells, if you have a smoldering anger because, you know, you're not respected, That's not a healthy relationship. A healthy relationship is an open relationship where people have emotion. When I say open, I mean open emotionally between each other. I don't mean open to other partners. It's a relationship where both people talk about their feelings and negotiate. They they execute their boundaries. They negotiate where the line is drawn. Think of a relationship as a Venn diagram with two circles that are overlapping. The relationship's in the middle with the overlap, but you don't lose yourself. You still have your own autonomy to some level, not secrets, not betrayal, but your needs, your wants, that is a healthy relationship. All right. When we come back, I have some questions for you to ask your partner so that you can actually get to know them better. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We are live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. KFI AM 640, you have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. I am America's relationship expert. For more than two decades, I have been studying the science of our most intimate connections, the biology, the psychology, and the sociology. And you know, at any time in your relationship, you can get a little closer. Relationships ebb and flow. Sometimes you're looking at that person like, I'm going to kill them. I can't stand one more day looking at this person. I know you're nodding. And then there are other days where you're like, oh, I forgot. They're so sweet. That was so nice of them to do that, right? We do know that, that it is a constant struggle 
between individual identity and autonomy and the simple fact that two brains are better than one. One bank account. You know, it's, it's, you get 100% richer as soon as you move in with somebody. Like it's like an interesting bank account merger right away, assuming both of you are working, of course. Um, and so we do know that long-term committed people actually live longer. They have better health, better physical health and mental health. And they do accumulate more wealth. But at any time, there's some questions. You can ask your partner to get to know them a little better. So whether you've been dating three months or 30 years, let's talk about some of the questions you could ask them that would open up the conversation, bring you closer together. This question, I actually tried out a few of them on my boyfriend of 15 months today. And um, I was surprised by some of his answers. The first question was, what does commitment look like to you? Kayla, what does commitment look like to you? Hmm. Loyalty and Loyalty. faithfulness. Okay. Does that so, answer? So sexual fidelity. Yes. What about, do you need like the Instagram official um, commitment? I, I don't want to be hidden. Right. But that answers that. Yeah. So don't tell me I'm not allowed to be posted because that's a red flag for me. Yeah. So yeah. public. Uh, what about officially engaged or married is that commitment? I would look forward to that I, I don't want to I, I would be dating intentionally I'm not dating just to be dating I would right. I would like to know that right. it's going somewhere we're not just having fun in these moments that's not a thing either so yeah so by asking this one question today mm. I found out that my boyfriend is far more traditional than I am really I was like oh no commitment just means like you both love each other you're committed to each other you can have some kind of commitment ceremony you can be public whatever I don't need marriage and he's like I do I was like, not, not, he didn't say it like that. Of course but, not. But wow, that's interesting. But to him, that's what commitment is because, mm. you know, he comes from that genre and, and age and era of male. Here's another great question to ask your partner, whether you've been together three months or 30 years. What would a perfect day look like to you? Isn't that a great question? So open-ended. That really is. And that's a really good way to get to know somebody and I know. to spend their time. Dave, what would a perfect day look like to you? What would it involve? Not working at KFI on Thanksgiving. <laughs> a perfect day or a perfect date? Perfect day. A perfect day. day. Just For relaxing you. with your family and just, you know, watching whatever's on there, doing whatever you do with your family. Oh, close family connections. That's the perfect day. Uh, you know what? My boyfriend answered... Uh, doing something you like to do and something I like to do. So either finding something that we both like to do or splitting up the day, I guess. That's a real perfect answer. Yeah, because he's not happy just doing selfish things for him. He wants to make sure. Like, so Friday night we went to the L.A. Auto Show, which I don't mind. I mean, I have some bad memories of the L.A. Auto Show because um, I worked it for so many years for various TV stations. And I was down there. All It was always a workplace for me. I'd never gone as actually a spectator to go look at the cars. Um, so there was that. And then the last time was so many years ago, I was breastfeeding and I was running back and forth in the convention center and stopping in the bathroom to pump in my very long days. So it was just, I had nightmares about that. But anyway, we went and we had a good time and he felt that I didn't want to do that. I don't know why he got that in his head. I was fine with it, except for the PTSD from work. But then afterwards, I chose the restaurant. So I said to him, well, you know, last night was actually our perfect day. We did something for you, something for me. So it was fine. Here's another question. You think you know your partner? You've been together 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? Ask them this question. What are your deep longings and dreams for yourself? That's pretty open-ended, right? 
I mean, I, if that question were asked of me, it would be to have a garden with grandchildren and playing in the garden because my parents died and didn't get to meet any grandkids and my children had no grandparents. My parents were dead at my age. I have no model for growing old. So I have this deep dream of being a grandparent. That's, yeah. Of course, now kids nowadays, they're like, global warming, we're not going to have kids. They're just going to burn up. I mean, I, that's all I hear. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> this is, you're, you're killing my dreams here, kid. <laughs> um, another question you might ask somebody, especially if you've only been dating them a little while, is what's been the hardest thing you've ever had to do in life? And how did you grow from that? Kayla, can I ask you that personal question? That is personal, but I I guess I lost my mom at 14 years (gasps) old. Yeah, 14, I had to figure out how to move on as a woman without having. And I thought 30 was hard. 14. I was just coming into like teenage years and learning about my body and my life. And I lost my my girl. So, yeah, that was that was definitely something I had to overcome. I did. I mean, you know, as best you can. Yeah, especially a loss like that is going to be part of your personality forever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Me, it was single motherhood. Mm. Like I was so unprepared for how unsupportive our culture is for single parents when I had to be both the protector, provider and nurturer because uh, kids need the most expensive thing we have, which is our time. And if we need our time to go out the door and buy food for them. So it, it is, it's just, I look at it, I, I almost have PTSD from, <laughs> from single motherhood. I'm like, that was a hard thing. Um, okay. What really bugs you and gets on your nerves? Kayla. I don't like people that lack accountability. It's everybody oh. else's problem. It's oh. everybody else's fault. They don't do anything wrong in a situation. Huge yeah. pet peeve. You know what psychologists call those? What? Externalizers. Mm. Right. And opposite of internalizers who are like, oh, it's all my fault and I'm sorry and I shouldn't be here and I shouldn't be alive. Externalizers are, it's the teacher's fault. It's the boss's fault. It's the workplace's wow. fault. Right. So, yeah, externalizers. Um, I would say my pet peeve are people who are emotionally avoidant. They trigger me so bad Ooh. when they're dismissive. It is so hard. If I'm trying to express something authentic and I get subject changed or toxic positivity mm. thrown at me when I'm trying to show something, I'm like, <gasps> it's so hard for me. Okay, we have more questions for you to ask your partner to grow closer when we come back. And also... How to tell if somebody's romantically interested in you. Maybe there's somebody you know who's got a little crush. I'll tell you how you'll know. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. From the moment that we met, no doubt in my mind where you belong. I'd go hungry, I'd go black. KFI AM 640. You have Dr. Wendy Walsh with you. This is the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. Is that Adele's new album? It's not her new one, but it's definitely Adele. Oh, yeah. That woman. She's it, When you go through a breakup, you need Adele. You cannot Phenomenal. Adele and chocolate, and you're good. Get through it. Um, we're talking about questions you can ask your partner to grow a little closer, to learn more about them. Uh, We talked about dreams and longing. 
but and we talked a little bit about things you don't like and the hardest thing you've ever done. But how about, do you like animals? Would you like an animal someday? This is huge. Kayla, are you an animal lover? I do. I do love, I love dogs. Uh, not all animals. Do you I have one? No, I'm not. I need a more secure schedule, but I do yeah. want one later. Would you date someone with a dog? Yes, I yeah, love doggies. Oh, it would be an asset, right? Yes. So here, my boyfriend and I had this discussion today. So um, I did, I was in a relationship. We had two German shepherds many years ago. And I remember when I met him, they were his German shepherds, thinking, hey, the house is nice. The guy's nice. Those dogs have got to go. Of course, by the end of their lives, even after we'd broken up, I was there holding their heads while the vet came to put them down eventually. I was the close one. I was the mommy. So it happened. However, having PTSD from single motherhood, do you think I would voluntarily take on the care and feeding of another living thing? Plants. Plants. That's what I can do. Plants at this point. I want the freedom and I respect my friends and their dogs. They, I don't know how they do it. All the I was going to say the child care they have to organize, the dog care whenever they travel. I want to be free from taking care of people or dogs or animals. Uh, luckily, my boyfriend feels the same way. But that's a good thing to ask, right? Although I do use it. If you're trying to, like, in the dating stage of a relationship and you're trying to assess somebody, you see how they act around animals and small children. That's a big indicator of who they are, really. Um, okay, another question. Uh, what is an absolute no-go, non-negotiable for you? Kayla, do you have one? Let me think what If mine. you quite easily disrespect people. Yeah. If you mm -hmm. have a little respect, that's a no-go. No -go. Right. No, if you don't have respect. Uh, I don't know what would be my for sure, for sure, for sure no-go. I think it would be like somebody who doesn't support themselves. Like if they are a dependent personality and their whole life is manipulating to get other people to take care of them. I have seen that That's in all genders, by the way. Yeah. There's actually a class of young males who love to attach themselves to mature, successful females right now. Hey, all very well and good if you're one of those alpha females and you're happy with that. But I also see it as kind of manipulation, right? So, um, yeah, I, I like people to be, stand on their own two feet. And I always say, you not only have to have enough happiness to bring in a relationship with you. You also need to have enough self-sufficiency. You need to, you know, have some passion. And that's another thing. Other non-negotiable, lack of passion. That doesn't necessarily mean ambition to earn money. It just means passion for anything. Like I have this cousin. He's so interesting to me. He, he's a master scheduler for Air Canada. So he sits in a computer room overlooking all the runways in Toronto or Montreal or somewhere. And, and he schedules flights like six months out. He knows he's a computer geek, but he is also obsessed with airplanes, airlines and everything. It's his passion. It's so cool. When you, he comes to visit any airplane that goes over and you hear the sound of that, you can't even see. He'll tell you what airline, what brand, when they bought it, how much they charge to park it at LAX. I mean, he, he knows so much stuff. I love that people have a passion about something when they know something deep. Hey, on Friday night when we went to the auto show, is like my boyfriend's really into cars. And so is my other, my little brother, actually. He loves cars. So I was like, I get it. That's what you're passionate about. Whatever it is, I think that's cool. But no passion, uh, deal breaker for me.
Here's a good question to ask the person you're in a relationship with. When do you need affection or physical intimacy most? Interesting way to think about that question. Not like, do you like hugs? How much sex do you need? When do you need affection or physical intimacy most? After a long day. I think at the end of the day is very important for me. I would change the last word for me because I thought you were going to say it after a long separation. Oh. Like I need to reconnect with something physical. Mm, that's a good yeah. one. Separation yeah. for sure. But after a long day, also stress reduction. Yeah, I want to come home to that affection and love. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's good. I see Dave nodding over there. Same thing after a long, hard day. Yeah, we all need a little hug. We, you know, dopamine. Dopamine. That's our drug. Why do you think we call the other drugs dope? Right? <laughs> That's what you get from touch. And it is so important. If you are struggling in your relationship, literally, if you're conflict, I should have said this to the young guy who called in this fighting all the time, but he's just looking for a way out, I think. But anyway, he, um, just touching, just getting back into relationship by bonding and bringing those neurochemicals out is so important. Super, super, super important. Um, what else is a good question? Um, oh, the always the lottery question. You know, here at KFI, Kayla, are you part of our lottery? I, I don't think I am actually, no. Okay, you need to call Michelle and get in on it. There's like 70 people. Yeah. And she's our lotto captain. And you just don't even have to give much, two bucks or something. Mm -hmm. You need to get in on that. Um, I get very excited because I see her emails and it'll say like lotto news. And I'll be like, oh, we won and whatever. Okay, so lotto question. Kayla, if you won the mega millions, what would you do with the money? Invest and figure out how to make my money work for me. Also travel and try to give back as much as I can. Right. Yeah. I, I think I'd do the same thing. Dave was like, no way. You're going to spend no? it? What are you buying with it, Dave? You uh, won the lottery. A few houses on the, on the beach and a few uh, out in the lake. Well, real estate is a very good investment. I will say that. So that's a good thing. And myself, I'm a little bit obsessed with real estate lately and following the market and what's happening. I think we're going to see a lot of inventory on the market come. Uh, but I, I like this idea of you want to give some of it away, but not too much. I'm a big believer in figuring out how that money can make money for people. How it can, you know, that whole don't give them a fish, what, give them a fishing pole or whatever. <laughs> give them a net. Like teach people how they can. So I would probably invest in uh, job training programs, self-sufficiency programs. Uh, I would for sure, because I'm all about attachment, um, invest in preschools because that is such a great way to basically pave the future. All right. Just a few questions that you can ask the person uh, that you've started to date or been in a relationship for a long time. When we come back, is there somebody in your life and you're wondering, like, uh, are they into me? Do they got a little crush on me? Well, there are ways that you can tell without asking them, do you have a crush on me? That would be very weird. Do not do that. But there are some ways using psychology and body language and you can tell if they're into you. I'll explain when we come back. You are listening to the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show on KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. We are in the home stretch of the Dr. Wendy Walsh Show. 
And I want to remind you, Pastathon is this Tuesday. Come on down to the Anaheim White House, where you can see the Tim Conway Jr. Show live, broadcast from 6 to 10 p.m. on Tuesday. Bring some pasta and some sauce. Kayla, did you see the huge box by the elevators of pasta and sauce? The donations. This is people from the office bringing it in. I know, it's so nice. Chef Bruno Charity, Katerina's Club, feeds 25,000 meals to children in need every single week in Southern California. Last year, you, our KFI listener, donated uh, three quarters of a million dollars to help Katerina's Club. Here's how you can do it again this year. Go to pastathon.com and make a donation or... Stop at any Smart and Final store in California, Arizona, Nevada, and go to the cash. And on your way out, just say, hey, I want to give 10 bucks to Chef Bruno's Katerina Club, to the KFI Pastathon, any of those things. That'll ring a bell. And there you go. So um, please do this. It's our annual charity event. And uh, you can also go down there Tuesday and see Tim Conway Jr. and the crew, 6 to 10 p.m. They'll be broadcasting live from the Anaheim White House restaurant. All right. Uh, Before we go, I want to talk about um, if you suspect even a little bit that somebody's romantically interested in you, like they have a crush, let's talk about the signs and signals. Because some people don't know these universal signs and signals that somebody is interested. Number one, they look away when you look at them. You You would think, oh, they don't like me. They looked away. No, it's the opposite. They're nervous, so they look away. Why are they nervous, you ask? They are nervous because they have a crush on you, right? If they're slightly checking you out and you go to meet their gaze and they dash their eyes away quick, mm, that's a sign. And they caught you looking at them. If they don't care about you, they just look back like, what are you looking at? They don't care, right? Uh, Number two, they change their body language when you're around. There's some gender differences here. Men get taller. Women start playing with their hair and their jewelry. They're grabbing that necklace down by their cleavage and they're swinging it back and forth on the chain. They're taking their little bangs and they're moving it out of of their eyebrows and back. They're flipping their hair a lot. Uh Uh-huh. And men just get bigger and broader. Uh, Number three, if you're on a first date with somebody and you're trying to figure out if they like you, if they're a man... They never touch you. If they never touch you on a first date, it means they have a crush on you. And let me explain. I actually asked my boyfriend. I saw this scientifically. And then I asked my boyfriend, like, what does this mean? And he said, because if you really like somebody, you're too nervous that if you touch them and you get rejected or it was the wrong thing, then you can't proceed. And men know it takes two or three dates to really get the woman into them. So they just play it cool at the beginning and they never risk touching. Now, gentlemen... If you are on a first date with a woman and she touches you, that's a sign she has a crush on you. Okay, she'll she'll make a point as she's talking and she taps your arm as she's doing it. We don't do this with the guys we don't like. We keep closed body language and we're over there. If she's tapping you while she's making her point, she likes you. All right, when eventually you do kind of touch each other, so maybe it's second or third date, there's two kinds of touch. There's the... Um, the sort of touch and release where they grab you to make a point and let go. And there's the slight stroke where they take their hand and slide it just a few inches down your forearm. If they are doing the soft stroke, 
they are into you. But if they're doing the touch and grab and release, nope, they're just making an emphatic point. The stroke, that's what's big. When they hug you at the end of a date, at the end of a social event, you're wondering if this person at the party you've been chatting with likes you. When they hug you, if they like you, there is no back pat. Oh, no, the pat is the universal sign of this is all business, folks. Take care. Go along your little way. They just hold you for a second. Here's one about the conversation. They criticize their, comp- their competition. So, you know, if you're chatting with a woman and she's referring to another woman as either a little bit slutty or gold digger, then you know she likes you. She has to slay the competition in your eyes and devalue them. If it's a man and you hear him, this is how men gain the confidence of women. They tell them which other men in the room are actually players. You know that. They go, oh, don't get with him. That guy, he's been with so many girls in the last week. They do that so that they appear like the nice guy to you. So they, they blow the lid off the players in the room. They basically devalue their competition. Now, two other things. If somebody likes you, they respect your boundaries, whatever your boundary may be. No, I'd prefer to bring my own car. No, I like phone calls instead of text. Uh, actually, my nickname is Cat. Call me that, right? Not Catherine. If he goes, oh, but I like Catherine. It sounds so elegant. I'm going to call you Catherine. Then he's not even caring about you. Your boundaries are getting to know you. You've become an object to him that he's creating. But people who respect your boundaries do it because they like you. And here's the biggest way to tell that somebody likes you. When you disclose something a little bit personal that's a little bit sad, they demonstrate empathy. They don't change the subject. They don't make a joke. They don't walk out of the room. They make that look in their eyes like they care. Even tough guys will go, oh, sorry, wow. That's a big deal, right? Anyway, that's how you know somebody's into you if they like you. Listen, I talk about relationships every single day on my social media. I produce videos. You should follow me somewhere from TikTok to Facebook to Instagram to Twitter to YouTube. I'm everywhere. So at Dr. Wendy Walsh, at Dr. Wendy Walsh. During the week, you can send me DMs on Instagram with your questions. I'll answer them on the show. I am always here for you, KFI, my home, my original home and my place right here every Sunday from 4 to 7 p.m on KFI AM 640. Have a wonderful week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.